To get more out of this podcast, head over to Nebula, the creator-owned streaming service where you can get more episodes ad-free and earlier than everybody else, plus bonus content and exclusive series by myself and more than 130 other top-tier educational creators, many of whom I've interviewed on this podcast. You can sign up for Nebula by clicking on the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversations with Joe. You can sign up for Nebula by clicking on the link in the description or go to nebula.tv slash conversations with Joe. It not only helps support the podcast, it furthers our mission of building a platform that focuses on content that matters. Hey, thanks for joining the podcast. You know, I get asked all the time if I'm a teacher, if I have any uh, desire to be a teacher because I talk about educational stuff on the channel. And the truth is, you know, both of my parents were teachers. I am married to a teacher. I have no interest in actually doing that. And I would not insult actual teachers by calling myself a teacher. But in this particular episode, I asked the question, what is life? Uh, because it's a definition that has changed a lot over the years. And um, answering it gets down to some really fundamental stuff that uh, uh, kind of reframes the way we look at the universe. So I thought it was an interesting question. But the opening for this one, I have to admit, speaking of teachers, I totally stole this from my science teacher in high school. She she put this question out there by lighting a flame, lighting a candle, and saying, is this alive? And we had to argue whether or not it was true, whether it was alive or whether it wasn't alive. And then that just kind of... I, I just loved that little thought experiment that she put out there because it just made you think about things in a different way. So to Ms. McClatchy, if you happen to be listening to this, that would be weird. But if you are, thanks for putting that uh, cool thought in my head. And I was glad I was able to share that with the rest of the world. So uh, enjoy this episode. But first... This audio orgasm is brought to you by Cankerboy.com. Cankerboy is a subscription service for people who get regular canker sores and mouth ulcers, which is about 20% of the population, if you can believe it. When you sign up, you get the Cankerboy supplement delivered to your door every two months. It's a pill that, when taken daily, helps prevent canker sores from forming. So, you know how you're always smearing that goop that numbs your mouth? That's what most canker sore treatments do. This one keeps them from forming in the first place. Much better in my book. So you get the first two months risk-free. If it doesn't work, you'll get your money back. I call that the pain-free guarantee. So you got nothing to lose but the pain. Give it a try. That's cankerboy.com, C-A-N-K-E-R-B-O-Y.com. All right, let's get back into the show. One time in my high school science class, our teacher lit a candle, and she asked us a really simple question. Is this alive? I mean, obviously it's not alive, and we all agreed to that, but then she asked us to explain why it's not alive. And then things got interesting. Well, it can't think, so obviously it's not alive. Jellyfish don't have brains, are you going to say they're not alive? And what about trees? Well, maybe they can't think, but they can react to the environment. Looks like it's reacting to me. Well, a living thing has to eat to survive. It has to consume things. This flame is consuming the candle wick, the wax, and the oxygen in the air to survive. It doesn't reproduce. Living things have to reproduce. Now this was just a high school science exercise, but it touches on a question that's surprisingly complex and increasingly difficult and important to answer. Chris Young asked, what is life? How can we actually define something as living? The physicist Erwin Schrodinger defined life this way. He said, living things avoid decay 
into disorder and equilibrium. In the simplest terms, this means that living things are constantly rearranging their constituent parts in order to maintain their present condition. Take a human cell, for example. It's a living thing, but it's made up of non-living things. It's basically just a protein-based machine that turns sugar molecules into ATP and pulls organic compounds out of this soup to create RNA and DNA. None of the parts of the cell are anything that we would call alive, but the cell definitely is. And of course, the RNA and the DNA go on to create whole new people that continue it on for a whole new generation. And that's actually one definition of life. It's called the information theory. DNA is basically just a set of information, and this theory states that life exists to perpetuate this information. But as Chris pointed out in his question, viruses pass their information along, but viruses aren't considered to be alive because they don't actively resist the decay into disorder. They're more like keys that just kind of drift along until they snap into a lock, a lock being the receptor sites on cells. Bacteria are considered a type of life because they do actively seek out cells to invade and do follow some kind of order. But to cloud things a little bit, the mitochondria in our cells, it's believed, used to be a standalone bacteria that then way, way back in our evolution invaded a single cell organism and then just became an organelle, just a part of that cell. And now they're not considered to be alive. So this simple question of what is life is actually really complicated, and nobody really knows quite sure how to answer it. And ironically, now more than ever, we really need to have an answer to this. We're more engaged than ever before in the search for life outside of Earth. You know, we're roving around on Mars, we're landing on comets, we're finding planets and other solar systems. If we found life somewhere outside of here, it would be a huge game changer. But where do you draw the line? How do you know for sure that what you found is actual life and not just an assemblage of organic compounds? Besides, the only life that we know of evolved right here on Earth. Would we even know a different kind of life if we saw it? And speaking of primitive life, the way we define this actually makes a drastic change in when life started here on Earth. You know, they actually just recently pushed back the time frame that they believe that life began by about 2 billion years, which actually means that life started really fast. Artificial intelligence is progressing at a really fast rate. At what point do we consider that to be some kind of life? Are we really just an assemblage of non-living things that happen to develop a consciousness? Maybe the real mind-blowing question is, on a fundamental level, does life exist at all? Or is everything life? Once upon a time, we separated ourselves from the animal kingdom. We thought we were special. As science progressed, we began to understand that actually we're very connected to all the other animal species around the world. Maybe we're on the cusp of another fundamental shift in consciousness where we understand that not only are we not different from the animals, but we're not different from everything else. From the rocks and the trees to the other planets and stars all around the universe, we're all the same stuff. So what do you think? Is there something special about life itself, or is it just an inevitable process of chemistry and physics? Let me know down in the comments. Thanks everybody for watching. If this is interesting to you, I've got some other videos I'm going to link down in the description that actually do a really good job of explaining this topic. Definitely go check them out. Thanks a lot for watching. If you learned something, hit the thumbs up button. And if this is your first time here and you like it, put a ring on it and subscribe. I come back every Monday with videos just like this to blow your mind. If you have a question you'd like answered, ask it down in the comments below or hit me up at Joe Scott Writer on Twitter and we can get smarter together. I always say the world's a fascinating place and I'm here to bring all that interestingness to you. So you guys go out there, have an eye-opening week. And I'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Love you guys. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to the Answers with Joe podcast. If you found this through the YouTube channel and you are not subscribed on iTunes or Google Play, I encourage you to do so. I'm going to be coming back with interviews and repeats of old videos just like this all the time. And if you found this on the podcast player, 
then uh, know I have a YouTube channel on, uh, well, on YouTube. Just do a little search for Answers with Joe, and you'll find all kinds of fun science and comedy stuff to keep you entertained and thinking about cool stuff for the rest of the week. And you can find this and all my podcasts and all my videos at AnswersWithJoe.com. And if you enjoyed it, a nice review in the iTunes or Google Play Store goes a long way. And, of course, word of mouth means everything. So anything you can do to help get the word out, I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. I will catch you next time. Have a good one.